Welcome to the Real Estate Masters Podcast, a podcast with top real estate agents sharing insights of how they've grown their business. Every guest is unique and serves different markets, so you will find value in each and every episode. And now our host, executive coach, April Mack. Thanks for being a part of Real Estate Masters today. I'm so excited for how our podcast is growing. Thanks for sharing with your fellow realtors. Thank you for subscribing and just for the good feedback that we're getting. We're so thankful for it and it will enable us to continue to get these top realtors as our guests. So we really appreciate um, you as the listeners being supportive. Today, we have an amazing interview. It will be interesting to see how long this guest holds out is our youngest guest on the podcast. And I'm interviewing today Zach Saxian. He is with Remax Elite out of Conway, Arkansas, and has an incredible story. Moved to this market with uh, no connections, no network there, and literally just beat the pavement to start a business. So I know that you're going to find great value. The uh, He's going to be inspiring, encouraging. The content is incredible. So stick with us because we did have a little bit of audio issues um, in some of the beginning of this podcast. So if you will just be patient with us and uh, it kind of works itself out. But uh, we apologize for the problems that we had, but I felt like the value was so good in the podcast that we wanted to go ahead and share. So let's get right to it. Zach Saxian with Remax Elite out of Conway, Arkansas. Hey, Zach. How are you doing today? Doing good. How about you, April? I'm great. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. Of course. It's exciting. I think I'm excited to, I guess, pass on some knowledge. I've been in the business long enough to where I don't consider every single agent a competitor like I did when I first started. Sure. Well, and we expect people from all over the country and even into Canada and who knows where all to uh, listen to our podcast. And as I told you in a way of introduction, you know, when I was in real estate a lifetime ago, I would get mm-hmm. cassette tapes of interviews and it was golden information for me. And so I felt like there was just real value. I've talked to a good many realtors and got really great feedback about this, uh, starting this podcast. And so mm-hmm. I believe there's, so much that we gain, we learn from other people, typically more than we would learn sitting in a classroom or in a seminar conference. So yeah, yeah I really I could, could not agree more. Honestly, I've, I've had a lot of mentors and I wouldn't be even close to where I am without some agents and brokers and just even people in the real estate world, but not yet, not really real estate agents helped me along the way. So Well, tell me a little bit about your market where you're selling real estate. Yeah. So I'm in central Arkansas, um, which is Little Rock's the capital. I'm, I live 30 minutes north, uh, Little Rock in Conway, Arkansas, and it's booming right now. We really haven't seen a slowdown even with COVID, but it's a great little suburb of Little Rock. It's got about 75-ish thousand people. Mm-hmm. Um, but me and my team serve, I would say, all of central Arkansas. I would say 50% of our transactions are in the Little Rock Metroplex, 25% is Conway, and then kind of the other 25% is in the boonies, as we call mm-hmm. it. Yeah, just out in the middle of the country. Right, rural mm-hmm. area. Yes. So how did you get started in real estate? 
Yeah. So, I mean, for me, it was, I grew up in a very wealthy area, the Dallas Metroplex. So I was getting ready to go up to the school that I graduated from, University of Central Arkansas. And I had all these friends with wealthy parents. And so they were getting these baller internships at these massive companies. They were getting a huge head start in life. And so I was like, okay, like I'm not going to go on some senior trip. I'm like, I'm going to go get my real estate license. My sister was a real estate agent here. And she's like, it'd be a good thing for you to do, you know, just to get some business experience. And so that's all I considered it as. I never thought that I would do it as a career. I didn't know what I was going to do in life. Um, so yeah, two days after graduating high school, I moved up to Arkansas. And then I think that same week started my real estate classes. And I knew no one from here. You know, I, even at the school I went to, I didn't have any friends from high school that came up here. And so really my first two years in the business, I had no social life. So literally (laughs) all I could do was go out there and pound the pavement, knock on thousands of doors and call for sale by owners. Been doing it six years now, I guess in my sixth year anniversary in a month. And so, yeah, it's been good. It's been a huge transformation since I was this broke 18, 19 year old. And now you know, I'm about to own my 30th rental unit and property management company and then, uh, you know, have my own little real estate team. Wow. That's incredible. I mean, you don't typically hear someone deciding that they're going to start a real estate career in an area that they don't know anyone. So no, you know, if you're willing to pound the pavement and call Fizbo's, you really have nothing to lose because nobody knows you. It's like if they slam the door in my face or I'm sweating in the sun and like knocking on their door, it's like, I don't know them. They don't know me. They, you know, reject me. Who knows? Who cares? Wow. So So you literally pounded the pavement calling on for sale by owners. Well, and not, no, I would, well, yes, but I would also (laughs) canvas full neighborhoods. So I'd knock on every single door and these, you know, big subdivisions. Um, And you'd be surprised how many people, even to this day, when I get, you know, multi-million dollar millionaires, investors from New York, Israel, you know, California, Texas, you know, they talk to me and I'm a 24 year old, but they're entrusting, literally they'll say, how much money should I put back to invest with you? And so you'd be surprised just by showing that you're a hardworking individual like how much people will trust you and just like take a leap of faith. Wow. So say that again. How old are you? 24 years old. 24 24 and a half. (laughs) Wow. That's unbelievable. And how many rental properties do you have? By August, I'll be at 30 rental units. So I've got a couple apartment complexes, a couple Airbnbs some duplexes, some, you know, single family. It's kind of a mixture of, a lot of different stuff, but it's, it's so fun. To me, it's just a big monopoly game. With having your rental properties and a property management company, how much of your time are you still spending on working on a business to work with buyers and sellers? Okay, so I guess let's take it back a couple of years. It, I was a, I guess, junior in college, 
and selling around 6 million in real estate, which here is around like 40 to 50 properties. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you, what is the median price range there where you're at? Or what's an average sales price for you? Probably like 150 average. Wow. But you've got your outliers. Yeah. But, you know, you'll sell a million dollar apartment complex or, and then you'll sell, you know, we'll sell these dinky little $15,000 rental properties that, you know, were just not nice. Yeah. Uh, Need a lot of fixing up. But backtracking, you know, when I, it was just me and I was doing a good amount of volume, my broker really instilled in me, like, you need to delegate. And so I got a transaction coordinator. And as soon as I did that, my business, I think the next year I hit, you know, 7.6 million, which was, I think, 80 homes or something like that. 80, you know, doors. Some of them were like, you know, rental properties with, and they were duplexes or whatever. Right, right. And so where I'm at now, I had taken on, and I'll, I'll just be blunt, I don't really care to work with home buyers and home sellers. I did it to get through college, to get graduated, to make money and make good money. But the average home buyer, home seller, the families where it's very emotional, I'm just, maybe I'm just a guy. I don't, maybe that's being too, uh, I don't know, whatever, but um, <laughs> that's okay. Just, I like the numbers. I, if the numbers work, that's why I love investing and working with investors is because it's just, if the numbers work, they work. If not, we move on to the next purchase. It's not this emotional thing where, you know, the wife doesn't like the paint color. The husband has to have this two car garage. It's like, you know, so about a year and a month ago, after seeing a lot of success, delegating all my paperwork, I started delegating all home buyers and home sellers to Justin Watlington is his name. And so he handles that whole side of the business while I kind of take these investors, whether they're novice and they're, you know, about my age, maybe a little bit younger, maybe a little bit older, and really teach them the ropes for the experienced investors. And so I kind of handle that part of things. And then as far as the property management side goes, there's a whole nother side to that too and why I started that. But I have Nick and Colby who I got them licensed, got them trained. And so, I mean, I, I run things as far as a business aspect, you know, I right. make sure the marketing is good. I'm kind of the face of the company and I'm pushing investors towards uh, using our management mm-hmm. company. But really, you know, when it comes down to it, I'm, really just the deal maker. And after that point, I handed off to, you know, either Justin to, uh, to handle or Nick and Colby to handle, um, Uh or my transaction coordinator to, you know, just make sure the paperwork's good. And I'm just checking Uh in as the process is going or negotiating, you know, after inspections and everything. So when you refer to those guys, is that a team and you're all working together as a team? Those aren't just other agents in your office that you're passing off business. So you really have built a whole team. And how many of you then are on your team? Uh, I guess there's me, Justin, Nick, Colby, and Mecca, who is our uh, transaction coordinator. So that's 
Oh, I'm forgetting uh, Langston. Uh, he just came on the team. Poor Langston. Uh, <laughs> so there's six of us. I'm the team lead and there's five others. Wow. So you're saying you're not really wanting to work with buyers and sellers personally, but your team is definitely handling that part yeah, of it. Yeah, well, and when I say buyers and sellers, I mean looking home. to buy and sell their own home, not right, like an right. investment property. Right. Um, but really it's getting to the point where they're experienced enough to where I can pretty much, I initiate the transaction, um, put it under contract, do the initial negotiations and then fully pass it off. To me, that's when you're going and showing homes, you're working in your business. To me, how you grow a business is working on it. And so if I can be on the outside, you know, doing different advertising or marketing, or as mm -hmm. of now I'm uh, co-writing a book, different stuff wow. like that. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be good, I hope. That's stuff that can grow the business and everybody benefits. But if I'm trying to collect 100% of every commission that's coming in, mm -hmm. first of all, it's selfish. But second of all, that's small-minded thinking. Right. Uh, if you're wanting your whole team to grow, you'll everybody's going to make more money in the end. Right. So you've got this team. Tell me about some of the marketing that you're doing. Yes. Uh, and and, and so, talk about from the, in the beginning. I mean, like, how did you, I'm sure you market yourself differently now than you did when you first started your business. So, so share a little bit about that and what, and I really, you know, I'm asking you this and you know, this as a very genuine question because I don't know that much. I do know uh, you sent me a, a video that earlier today just to give me an idea, but yeah, so I'm very interested to know more about how you have marketed yourself, your team. Yeah. I mean, so I guess when it, it was just me, I was just, I guess my main marketing was just posting every single closing and really, I mean, and posting it, that where, sorry, Facebook. I know that Twitter and now TikTok and Instagram are all fantastic. My broker says I'm the worst millennial he's ever met because I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I just, it's like taken me a while to like become more proficient in those things. But really Facebook has been my main medium for advertising. And I mean, you know, paying for different ads like on local television or paying for it in different, you know, local magazines. But to me, Facebook has been my number one moneymaker and it's free. So Hi. even, I mean, I've never stopped posting every closing, whether I try to always be there too, because whether you're pretty or not, this showing your face with your clients and them at that closing table or in front of the title company or escrow company, whatever you call it, that shows that you get deals done mm -hmm. and ultimately people don't care if you're pretty or not or are the most educated they want to know that you get stuff done and so yeah that more recently you know i've really happened with coronavirus and everything being having to self-reflect a little more just kind of getting on not doing facebook live i don't some people promote it to me it's like everybody does it i want something that's like I don't know, done a little better than just this on the fly thing. And so, um, you know, I got on my computer and I just pressed record and I just was 
talking about my own investment journey, how I went from, you know, owning zero properties a year and a half ago or a year and seven months ago to owning currently it's like 26 or 27 units, you know, by August I'll be at 30 units. But, you know, I was just like open about it, like not trying to keep anything a secret. Um, it, my competitors could watch it. The next video, I just, it was more personal, like just putting myself out there as in like, you know, just being an encouragement. Cause I know mm -hmm. I can struggle with depression and anxiety. And I know that many people are right now. And so really just being consistent, whether it's just being real and raw or talking about closing a deal, not very rarely, actually pretty much never share like political opinions. Um, because I'm just, I'm kind of in the middle anyways. Right. And so like, I don't know, one-on-one -on -one I'll talk about it with somebody, but the realtors that share all their different beliefs, I think they're half of their potential clients are probably not going to think too highly of them. So yeah. And so now it's, it's gone from doing these simple videos on Facebook, just, you know, sitting right here in my kitchen to kind of full blown, kind of fun, different investment type videos and really going the total opposite of HG, HGTV. Right. Um, like, I don't like that they make everything look perfect. Like, I want people to know that like, they can invest and like, anybody can do it really. But I don't want to show the prettiness. I want to show like, the rawness of like how good, but how crazy, especially if you're flipping or buying, flipping and like just renting, not selling, um, how intense and like gross and just nasty that is. So just more <laughs> so being, more so being putting content out there right. to entertain and educate. Um, sure. and I've seen a lot of good stuff, a lot of like a huge influx just in these past few months. Um, by doing that stuff, but I wouldn't be able to sure. do all that if I didn't mm -hmm. delegate the actual business to my team. Right. You know, I, I wouldn't have time to like be the face of the team. You're like, right. you know, if that, does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. But you're marketing yourself and, and that takes time and you're marketing yourself, your team. And, uh, so somebody's also got to be doing that actual selling and the transactions and the work. Yeah while you're being the face of that. So absolutely yeah. understand that. So how many years have you been in business now as a realtor? Six years? Yeah. Right. June 2nd will be my licensee like date. My, uh, yeah. so I guess when is that? Like five, That's six days next from now? week. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Well, congratulations. Well, thank you. Thank you. So you were yeah. 18, 18 when you got your license. And it's so funny because for the first three to four years, I still didn't think highly of our profession. Mm -hmm. um, I just felt like I just had to, you know, just, and I really did. I had to really grind away to get any sort of business. Felt like my first job was trying to earn somebody's trust to get their business. And then second job mm -hmm. was to actually sell their house or find them a house. Right, right. And so, and I just it just felt too salesy. It wasn't until probably three years ago that I just started to be myself. Mm -hmm. I didn't put on a suit every day because I initially, I was like that. I felt like I had wow. to look 
super professional and like not be myself. I just had to be this robot. And when I started to be myself, I realized that people liked that and trusted that so much more. And that's when business really, really took off. And then... Yeah, I was actually 18 when I got my real estate license as well. And I can remember, you know, feeling so intimidated and so inferior. inferior. I'm, you know, I'm going to put people in my car. Back then, we actually put them in our car and drove them all over. Mm-hmm. And they weren't finding their properties on the internet because I'm aging myself, but it was before the <laughs> internet. And um, yeah. this really such a different world. But I remember just having this conversation with my dad and he was very uplifting and, and empowering to me. And he just told me, he said, people will not care what you don't know. Mm-hmm. You just have to say, I don't know, but I'll find out. And I yeah. made that my mission as someone, you know, and so I just think it's amazing that you started this career at 18 and mm-hmm. have had this wonderful success and you share a lot of success with us. But let me ask you this. And I didn't tell you ahead of time. I was going to ask you this question, but okay. I'm sure there's been some failure along the way. So mm. is there any, you know, is there something that you could say because if, if people are listening to this and they're struggling maybe at different times, is there you know, is there a circumstance or a situation you think back to and think that was when I really was discouraged, you know, something happened. And then how did you come out of that to encourage yourself to move forward? Yeah. So I guess I can give two good examples. Um, I'll have to dig deep because it's been years, but it was my, really my second year in the business. And I had a tremendous first year. Um, I think I sold like 27 homes that first year. Wow. But I thought, oh, my second year will be just as good because I was a rock star my first year. But it wasn't. There was a good month and a half where I woke up every day and just bawled my eyes out because I didn't know. I don't have the type of family or, you know, a spouse to where, like, there was somebody to back me. Like, it was just me. Like, and although my sister was in the business, I refused to partner up with her because if I had any success, it was going to be me. I didn't want to hang out. Right. But business had dried up. The economy was booming. This was 2016. So like, you know, good, good times, but I just could not get anything to close, you know, and I think every problem, every failure, every success ultimately is your fault. And so Mm -hmm. I think I just had to realize that, I was failing because I got too lax that spring. Mm. So summertime came and the closings stopped that that early summertime. And so, you know, I just didn't know what I was going to do. I fell into like a deep depression, but I realized like I just have to work a little harder and trust Mm. that the business will come because it's out there. I think another thing that I was doing wrong in those early days and I was 18, 19, 20, so I didn't know any better, but I wasn't networking. That was another pivotal moment in my business when I learned that, like, how important that is. So I was just crying in my apartment, like, wondering why these Fizbos weren't listing with me when I could have been out there, like, you know, just sitting in a coffee shop and talking to people or calling up, you know, different bankers just to see if they would get lunch with me or buy me lunch or something like that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I it myself then. But yeah, I mean, just, I think 
the failure was in my mindset and Mm -hmm. in the haughtiness of the pompous attitude that, Oh, I did good last year. I'm going to do great this year. You know, you pivot from that, just decided one day I'm going to work harder and got with it. I think just (laughs) doubling down on my efforts, um, doubling down on the the door knocking and the FISBO calling and Mm. really becoming obsessed with like doing it right. Like, and I, I won't go into it, but the psychology, even in just a phone call and how you talk and what you're even wearing and how you're sitting posture, like your phone call, your prospecting phone call for mm-hmm. you is going to come off a lot different if you're showered and dressed and you feel good <laughs> and confident. Not sitting in like, your pajamas. Yeah. Yeah. You're just in bed. Like, uh-huh. you know, so, and there's, so I just dug really deep and I watched mm-hmm. a lot of YouTube realtors calling uh, Fizbo's on YouTube and I would just study it and I replicated it and make my own little version. And, you know, if it was door knocking, I was going to go to, you know, the most successful agents in town and say, Hey, what buyers do you have? What do they need? Let me go find it for them. Wow. Um, What a great idea. Yeah. You literally went to other agents and said, you have that, what buyers do you have? I'll go find what they're looking for. Oh yeah. If some, young guy or girl said, Hey, like now, because I mostly represent investors, like if somebody came to me and said, Hey, let me go out there and find these great deals. I don't, I mean, I would pay them so handsomely. They could take the full commission check for all I cared because I'm more worried about growing the property management side of things. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, it was, so it tell was a good me, thing to I'm a for sale by owner. I've got mm-hmm. a for sale by owner sign sitting in my front yard. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do to prospect me? Well, I mean, I've never tried to be a salesman. Okay. Um, so I, but it, you are selling, I guess. My, yeah. my whole thing with for sale by owners was looking at the statistics. Well, first of all, feeling them out on the phone call, asking mm-hmm. about the house, because so call me. So call me. What are you going to say? Hey, I saw your house is for sale. Uh, can you, is it still for sale? Yeah, it is. Are you a realtor? I am. Yeah. This is Zach with Remax Elite. I was just calling to get a little bit of info about it. Well, it's a, a four bedroom, two and a half bath. And um, we're not in really a great big hurry to sell. We, we, we really want to get top dollar for our house. And so we're, we don't really want to work with a realtor. We're going to just try to sell it yeah. ourselves. Yeah. I mean, if I were in your shoes, I'd do the same thing. Have y'all done any updates to the property since you purchased it? Yeah, we have. We've, um, we've redone the inside of it. Okay. Kitchen, master bath, kind of the important yep. areas. Okay. Yep. Cool. Sure have. New floor. Okay. Yeah. So no specific time frame to sell. Just if it sells, it sells. Well, yeah, I mean, we really do want to, we're retiring and we really want to move down, live closer to our kids. So, you know, I mean, we'd like to sooner than later, but you know, we're not, we don't have anything super pressing. Yeah, I gotcha. Well, let me ask you this. If you were, let's say it just sits and sits. If you were to eventually list with a realtor, when would that be, do you think? Oh, gee, I don't know. Maybe, you know, maybe six months or so. Okay. 
So stop for a second. I would write down three months because whatever time frame they say, it's almost always the it's almost half of what they say. So right. three three months is when they're gonna list. So we can go back to it. Okay. So okay, well that's awesome. You know, I know you uh, are trying to get top dollar. Obviously, that's important. You're not in any hurry to sell. My question to you is, even with a realtor's fee, just hear me out. Even with a realtor's fee, if you made more money after paying that and everything else and possibly sold it quicker, would you be open to that? Well... I would. My husband's probably the hard one, but I, I probably would be open to that. Yeah. And there's no guarantee of me being able to do that. But if it's possible, if you're open to it, I'd love to see the house. I can't really say if it's even possible, but would it be possible to see the house for 10, 15 minutes, you know, in the next couple of days and just kind of show you how that might could work if your house is kind of right one to do that sort of thing? Sure. I mean, I would be open to that. Sure. Okay. Yeah. You think uh, Wednesday at uh, four o'clock would work? Yeah, we can do that. Okay. I'll stop by then. So here's the thing in phone call. So if you go to NAR.org, whatever our, our national realtor association website is, there's statistics on for sale by owners and how much less they sell for um, each, or I guess just on average. Also what I come to, and I'm, because I was young, this was my first, you know, first to third year that I was really calling a lot of for sale mm -hmm. by owners. I was happy to do a 4% a listing all day long. And so around here, the buyer's agent's comp is at least 2.4%. Most for sale by owners are going to eventually sell either by being listed or, you know, the buyer is going to have an agent. And so what I'd come to them and say is really it's only 1.6% that I need to sell your house more for. And this is how we can do it. I'd say we need to do this in the house. You might rearrange this, you know, we your photography sucks, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> Rephrase, you know, accordingly. But sometimes people sure. honestly take being blunt like yeah. a lot more. But really, it was about getting face-to-face -face because a phone right. call, it, it's so hard to create a relationship over a phone call. Um, right. And so it was getting face-to-face, -face, showing them that I was just this young guy that was wanting to earn some business and so I just sell them on the, the fact that, and I wouldn't lie to them, like legitimately, like by running comps, typically I could sell sure. it for 1.6% more than they had it listed for, or more than that. But statistically, since they're probably going to be sold, you know, by a realtor with a buyer and they're going to pay, mm -hmm. you know, 2.4 to 3% to that agent, really, I'm just helping them and representing them for 1.6 to 1%. Sure. Absolutely. So that was yeah. my, my tactic. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely yeah. love it. And then are you following through with them? Like you've got a little bit of a lead. They've given you a little rope. You're just going to keep working yes. that until you hopefully get a yes. Yeah. So, so for every calls I made, 
I would get three listing appointments. This was just my average. And for every listing mm -hmm. appointment I got, I would get one listing. So, but that's, you know, calling, I would have a spreadsheet of, mm -hmm. you know, you have all your, you'd go on Zillow, you just search for sale by owners only, you get their address mm -hmm. and phone number. Um, so you have address, you get their name, phone number. And then as you were talking, obviously for you guys, it was about one, moving closer to children, an emotional side of things, two, the money. So mm -hmm. if it was just getting it sold quick, there would be an entirely different approach, but you write the, you take catalog of the reasons for selling anything personal they might mention. Mm -hmm. You know, I would have, if you said, ah, like, you know, maybe we don't want to meet right away. You know, I would say, is it okay if I just check back mm -hmm. in, you know, I might sure. have a buyer eventually. And so I'd kind of, depending on how receptive they were or how nice or motivated, you know, I'd put that motivation and personal notes just to be personable with them for the next call. After that, I would put frequency of call. So that might be once a week. That might be twice a week. That might be once every two weeks. Any um, mail? You know, I, I couldn't afford mail. So no. Mm, okay. <laughs> I love that uh, honest answer. I mean, I just, I was... A broke college student. Yeah. Um, and irresponsible with my money at the time. So <laughs> the commission That's checks uh, were not always spent that well. That's Plus, it. I had college to pay for. Sure. Good for you, though. It's amazing what you've done. What books are you reading right now? Podcasts you're listening to? Or what would be um, some you'd recommend? So, once again, I, I come from an investor's perspective. So, mm -hmm. I stay out of politics, but I just finished Trump's Art of the Deal, whether hey, you like him or not. That's right. At 27 years old, he partnered with Hyatt and bought, and really using none, none of his, his family's money, he partnered with Hyatt and bought, I forgot what building it was in New York, but a 27-year-old, like, negotiating with city officials. And, I mean, that just pushes me to, like, right. feel exactly. 30 units, you're trash, yeah. you're nothing. You, <laughs> it's inspiring am, though. Yeah, it is. It is. So business wise and investment wise, that's good. I'm reading The Shift by uh, Gary Keller. And that I think is so, it's just so like, right for what we're going through right now. Um, once again, what I've got, and I'm just, I'm just in the second chapter, but it's really a lot about mindset. I think if you agents out there who, you know, your business has died down a little bit, and I mean, most everybody's will, all boats are going to sink with lower water, shallower water. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if you want to still succeed, the business is out there. So you can choose to be a victim in this time of craziness, mm -hmm. or you can change it up. That's why mm -hmm. I'm doing the videos, because people are in quarantine, but, uh, or just sheltering in place in Arkansas, it's kind of loosey-goosey, you kind of do whatever you want right now. <laughs> but still, I mean, you know, change, change your strategy. You can't do the same old things. You know, the market's been good for 10 years or whatever, but, you know, we're seeing a downshift and mm -hmm. you can still choose to be successful, mm -hmm. but you've got to do something different. And that's what I'm learning from that. Yeah, I've always have been so admired people that, you know, 
everybody else was thinking and they seemed to take something that looked so bad and they made an asset out of it or, you know, they just, yeah. took, you know, they found ways to thrive in a hard situation. And Yeah. I think success and being successful is a mindset. It's really easy to mm-hmm. do decent when the economy is booming. I mean, but if you look at every large company in the U S and abroad, they've been started in down markets. I mean, Airbnb, Google, Facebook. No, don't think so. But you can go through the list and like, sure. it's crazy. The mass of companies that were started when, mm. you know, things were just crazy. Right. Um, and so I don't know. I, I'm not a billionaire. Probably will never be, will never be. Oh, one, don't but. say that. Don't <laughs> say that. We're talking about Maybe. being positive and motivated I'll be, here. I'll be net worth a million by the end of this year. But so you know, see, I mean, big difference. <laughs> but I like to think with the billionaire's mindset, like a wealthy person is going to think beyond what the news is telling them. Yeah. I don't listen to the news. I just don't think if you live like everybody else does, you're going to get what everybody else gets. Right. Yeah. I like that. I heard somebody say one time, how old would you be if you didn't know how old you were? And I kind of mm-hmm. think of it like that. Like what frame of mind would you be in if you didn't know really yeah. what else going on around you in the rest of the world and and I choose to live that way also so yeah I think it's important to know some stuff get you know not be oblivious to what's happening in, in the world but if you're you know spending hours a day uh you know it's just not good right. or you know the relationships I've uh you know I've really realized in the past year or so I've had to get rid of some toxic relationships because mm-hmm. they or just as bad as the news, you know? Yeah. I like, I like to be surrounded by positive, motivated people that are Mm going to push me. Absolutely. Well, just going to ask you a couple more questions. Yeah. How are you balancing work and personal life? And has that been a challenge for you as well? Because it seems like you are a pretty motivated person and uh, could easily become a workaholic. So yeah, this is so tough because I, I so want to be an encouragement and I want people to be able to model like what I do and be successful. But because I'm single and work is basically my life, I don't have anything. I mean, I have a girlfriend, she's gorgeous. And we, you know, make sure to have a date night or two, you know, throughout the week. And I'm sure you've heard this, maybe other people haven't, but balance is not equal parts in equal areas of life. It's, appropriate time Mm -hmm. spent in you know whichever areas of life and so I don't know that's so tough I I work an average of 80 hours a week but it doesn't feel that way because I just love what I do because you're young it's you're young that's why (laughs) yeah yeah but I'm also you you know that yeah it's so I I feel bad because most of the people listening to this probably have a spouse and kids and like well yeah it's easy for him to say Um, Yeah, but you know what, but that's okay. It's, you know what, life, we have seasons of life and, um, but you're, I'm sure you're not working 100% of the time and I'm sure there are things that you enjoy, but I'm a person, I enjoy my work. And so Mm -hmm. I, but when I'm tired, I stop and take a break, you know, and I, there's things that I do for enjoyment to, uh, that away from it, but usually most of the time I'm thinking about because it's what I love. So yeah, I mean, I, I make sure to travel. I leave the country once a year. 
and I find a new country to go to whatever, you know, for a week or two weeks. And before all this craziness, I was, you know, probably four days out of each month, I was in a different city. Usually I would tie, you know, a different conference into it, something to keep me motivated, but still out of, you know, either in California, New York or Mm -hmm. Texas or, you know, just wherever conferences are happening or, you know, I might have friends or family. So I think travel is, is probably my number one way to stay mm-hmm. sane. Good for you. Uh, no, that's one of my favorite things too. So I love, yeah. I love to travel. Well, last question. What would you okay. say to the realtor that's just starting out? Who's just starting out. I would say it's tough. It's not easy. If you want it, you can get it, but don't think it's going to be handed to you on a golden platter. I would also say, you know, I was, I was 18 when I first started. So I was able to knock, you know, on thousands of doors in the middle of the summer and just not care what people thought, but think work smart versus working hard, read as many books as you can listen to as many podcasts and YouTube videos as you can and network, network, network. I honestly would not have, you know, my 26 or 27 rental units and, you know, almost at millionaire status net worth if I didn't have quite a few banker friends that took a chance on me, you know, at the end of the day, it's relationships because if I didn't have those relationships and I was a stranger, they would not, you know, give me the loans that they do and, you know, help my clients out that, mm-hmm. you know, maybe sometimes are risky loans. Yeah. Well, my husband always says, even to get to heaven is who you know. So relationships are vital. But yes. Zach, it has been so interesting, encouraging, <laughs> uplifting, motivating to listen to you and Good. hear your story. And you know what? I can't wait. I said last question. One more question. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? 10 years not doing real estate. Really? <laughs> um, so uh, 10 years from now, let's uh, really, I have a six year plan. And beyond that, I don't want to think about it. Okay. I want to let God do whatever he wants to do in my life and take me where, wherever. But at 30 years old, my net worth will be 5 million. I'll have at least a hundred rental properties and really just on the management side of things and hopefully diving a little deeper into, you know, different business ventures, because at the end of the day, I'm an entrepreneur and Mm -hmm. real estate has been, being a real estate agent has been a vehicle to getting to that freedom. Wow. I love that. And in six years, you'll just be 30 years old and have still a lifetime to live ahead of you. So (laughs) yeah, I can focus on family, family then, and at least building a family then. Absolutely. And if things don't work out with that girlfriend, I have a 22 year old daughter that needs a millionaire. So (laughs) thank you, Zach. (laughs) All right. Listen, it has been so great to get to spend this time with you. I appreciate in all your busyness and everything that you have going on. And I loved when I even asked you about doing this, you said, Hey, I want to give back. So Thank you on behalf of all the realtors across the country that are going to really gain so much from this. I really appreciate your time. So thanks for being with us. I'm happy to help. And thanks for having me. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Yes, ma'am. Bye-bye. Wow. Wasn't that an inspiring, energizing interview? I loved getting to spend that time with Zach. 
If you know someone that's moving to Central Arkansas, I'll give Zach a referral. I know he would appreciate it. Any of our guests that you've heard on the podcast, why don't you send them an an email and let them know that you enjoyed their interview and you appreciate their time as I do. I'm sure that you may have been inspired in some way or another listening to this interview today with Zach. May I encourage you to stop what you're doing and write down a highlight or two that you got from the interview? Is there an action step that you should take? When we write things down, it is more likely that we will move forward. Or what if you share the insight with a, with your team or a coworker? Don't let this good information just go in one ear and out the other. Accountability is often a key to success. And if you're interested in some accountability or achieving your goals or even working through some particular challenges, may I encourage you to join one of the mastermind groups that I host. We have new groups that will be starting in the next few months, and we have a few open seats I think that one of those seats may have your name on it. Mastermind groups are filled with realtors in non-competing markets, a maximum of 10 to 12 realtors in a group. We discuss our ideas, challenges, and goals in a structured format on a Zoom call for 90 minutes. It will probably be the best 90 minutes that you spend investing in yourself for a month. Just think about it. If you went and got a massage, a 90-minute massage, you're certainly going to pay a good amount of money for that. And I love a good massage, but you know that the effects of that are very temporary. You can invest in yourself 90 minutes in a month being a part of a mastermind group, and the effects could be extremely long-term, life-changing, definitely career-changing for you. So let me encourage you just do it. I've got a special for my podcast listeners. You can sign up for one of my August, September, or October mastermind groups for $79 per month. Think about that. $79. You spend that going out to eat for a good meal. So the space is limited. Don't hesitate. This offer is not going to stick around, but it could be life-changing for you. All right, so in the next episode, I'm going from Arkansas all the way to Northern Ohio to interview Haley Turner from Cleveland. She's also in her 20s. She has a booming business, and she's a charmer. You're going to love her. Here's a little clip from that interview. Sometimes you have to know where your limit is, and so that's kind of what I've been learning the past month is you know, how much is enough and when do I need to start bringing somebody on to help me? And and that's kind of like where things are, are leading. Um, you know, teams are a really big thing in real estate. That's kind of something I have my eye on right now, but learning like, okay, where's my limit? Where, when am I at capacity with the amount of clients I can take on and how can I help somebody else develop as an agent by passing on work, but also like continuing to grow my business and not necessarily like losing out on the on the benefits of having additional clients. Well, I know you can't wait to hear that interview in its entirety because Haley is a sweetheart. Well, let me remind you that weeds will grow just about anywhere. But to grow something of value, we have to be intentional to plant, to water, to fertilize. Listen, I'll tell you really quick. I have a garden growing in my backyard and my grandson that is six years old thinks that instead of tomatoes, we're growing mashed potatoes. And that's something that we're going to love and treasure that little thought for forever. But listen, we've worked on that garden. If you want to continue to grow as a person or in your career, you're going to need to be intentional. 
I want to thank you for listening to the Real Estate Masters podcast, for letting this be a part of your growth. But I also want to encourage you to consider hiring a coach, joining a mastermind group. As scripture tells us in Galatians, you reap what you sow. So sow some good, some profitable things into your life. I really appreciate you letting me have some of your time to be a part of your life, your career, and part of your growth. So be blessed, my friends. I'm April Mack, and this is the Real Estate Masters Podcast. I look forward to our time together next time. I'll see you then.